0: hey there and thank you for listening to aviats in this episode i sit down with my good friend taylor she shares about growing up in florida and then moving to tennessee for collegiate soccer there were some hardships during her time at mtsu And she opens up about what she learned from those trials and disappointments. Taylor gives great reflection and encouragement from her experiences, and I had a lot of fun listening to her share. So please enjoy this part one episode with Taylor. Taylor Hatch. That's me. Thank you so much for being on my podcast. This is going to be so fun. So Taylor, where are you from? i was born and raised in fort myers florida
1: where is fort myers at so what we usually say is if you don't know where fort myers is you take them to tampa first Mm. if you don't know where tampa is take them to like ocala if you don't know where whatever so if you know where tampa is i fort myers is directly two hours south of tampa
0: oh okay yes how many hours is it from orlando So Fort Myers
1: is southwest, so Gulf side. Orlando is like north middle. Okay. So it's about three and a half hours from Orlando. What was? But a
0: different highway. (laughs) Different highway. What was it like growing up in Florida? I feel like as a kid, I always wanted to live in Florida because the beach and whatever. But I know that it's a totally different situation when you grew up there. So
1: yeah, it was pretty normal. Mm -hmm. for me. Um, but I would say it was like now living in Tennessee, I think it's like less magical. Like you don't get like Mm -hmm. snow or like leaves changing
0: or like you get like hurricanes. That's kind of exciting. (laughs) Have you ever had any experience with hurricanes firsthand living there?
1: Oh yeah. But like in Florida, it's kind of like, I mean, unless it's like, you know it's going to be devastating. Mm. Most of the time, it is for some people. But in Florida, it's coming. All right, who's Lanai? Are we going to? Mm. Who we gonna, who's got the food? <laughs> <laughs> and this might just be me, and I might just be offending all the Floridians. But, um, but yeah, you just like pick a house, hang out, let it pass, and then go outside, and you kind of like walk around and assess what happened.
0: Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> Collect
1: stray street signs that have cool <laughs> names on them. Sometimes you get lucky and it's yours. Um, <laughs> and then you hang it in your room. I feel like you have some experience my with My brother this. has a sign. Yeah, I don't. But then, I mean, and then there, then there's the, like, you walk around and, oh, that, that person's pool cage is down. That's sad. Hmm. Or, like, in my neighborhood, never got hit super hard. But, like, we had Charlie came through and Katrina came through. Those are, like, the two biggest ones. Obviously, they weren't as devastating to us as they were to, like, people in Louisiana and stuff.
0: Did you enjoy being close to a beach? Like, did you go... How far away were you
1: from beaches? So, we were about 20 minutes to each beach. Oh, my
0: gosh. (laughs) That just sounds lovely.
1: (laughs) Um... Fort Myers Beach is not the cutest beach. It's a destination for sure, but it's very, like, party scene, really crowded all the time. So there's Fort Myers Beach, there's Bonita Beach, there's Naples area, Vanderbilt Beach, um, and then there's, like, Sanibel, which is, like, an island. Mm. Um, Sanibel is my favorite beach. We have, like, a timeshare there oh. in the summertime, so that was, like, a, a memory... From my childhood of like getting to every 4th of July going to Sanibel and staying a week in like their condo. But other than that, like the beach, I don't like the beach very much. Really? <laughs> I don't know. I I don't like sand and it's kind of like in Fort Myers, like it's just like if the day you're trying to go to the beach in high school, which is obviously like Saturday or Sunday or whatever. It takes you, like, two hours to get there, because, like, the bridge is backed up, Mm. and then you finally get there, and you have to pay for parking, and then you finally get to the beach, and then it's, like, you're packed in, like, sardines, and then you finally get to the water, and it's red tide, and it's like, okay, I want to go home. (laughs) (laughs) So, Sanibel's really, really nice, because it's private, and there's a lot of shells and stuff, and there's a pool. Mm. But other than that, I'd much rather be on a
0: lake or a mountain, yeah that's what I was just about to ask. so if you had to choose like like a a week trip a vacation somewhere, you would probably rather go somewhere other than the beach. Yes, I would go to a snowy mountain. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been to like ever stayed in like Colorado or somewhere yes. out there? My favorite trip ever was steamboat
1: steamboat springs, Colorado. Hmm. it was so nice. We went with. M Top at MTSU. Oh, cool. And it was like super discounted because it was their big trip or whatever. Um, so we went originally I think we flew into Denver, if that sounds right. I don't know. And then we took a bus to Steamboat <laughs> and then we stayed in this like I guess it was a condo, I don't know. But something happened and we got Upgraded to the penthouse suite. A
0: penthouse
1: yes. suite.
0: Yes. Luxurious. <laughs> Our bathrooms floors were heated.
1: What? Yeah, it was really nice. But other than that, there was a. Bus. And your college
0: students. Yeah. Yes. During well, this I time. mean, this
1: trip is like there's college students, there's like dads, there's like older, there's like the older group and then the younger group. It's just like these guy, these dads have been on the trip since like the 80s. Like it's just like Whoa. every year. Yeah. So they just keep coming but then there's a bus that you call and they you tell them what time to pick you up they pick you up they take you wherever you want to go wow for, and it's all for like it's not extra it's just part of the package but and so that was my second time skiing and i got to ski at steamboat springs and it, every single day it was sunny during the day and it would snow all night long wow so it was really i got pretty good at i mean I got as good as a Florida girl can be at skiing for her second time. Have you ever snowboarded? No. I think I'm gonna ski one more time, and because I then I'll be like, okay, I'm gonna hit like maybe I'll hit a black. <laughs> I got down to blue. I probably will never hit a black. I don't really think I don't want to, you know, hurt myself. But yeah, I'll you probably be confidently hit multiple blues, and then I'll try oh, snowboarding.
0: Yes. Yeah, I've I've heard from a lot of people that you're usually. Better at one over the other. I've heard it's
1: your easy, or snowboarding is hard to learn easy to master mm-hmm. and skiing is easy to learn hard to master yes
0: yeah exactly so I've only ever skied and I love skiing mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll ever I'm pretty content with skiing yeah, like, yeah. I want to try snowboarding but
1: I also think that I don't want to fall in my butt all the yeah. time the days like the days learning
0: is like wait, you have, a whole trip is wasted learning how to do it exactly So and I then don't... by the end you have a couple hours left and you finally are doing what you want to do and all, your body hurts yeah yeah <laughs> bruises everywhere (laughs) yeah so well that's awesome yeah that's super fun I've never I've skied more so in like North Carolina places like that but never out in Colorado but I know it'd be so fun and the mountains are just so much more grander and bigger and Mm -hmm. better and yeah that's so fun I love that well what so you're born in Florida raised in Florida what brought you to Tennessee
1: I played soccer at MTSU at Middle Tennessee State University. Shout out to the Blue Raiders. Yeah, go Blue Raiders. Hashtag True Blue. I was recruited my sophomore year of high school. Maybe my junior year. Of high, I think it was my sophomore year of high school. And I went to an ID camp at Auburn, which is like a soccer camp where 30 coaches will just go and watch you just do the camp all weekend and a coach the assistant coach at mtsu saw me play and he was like hey i will like what i saw check us out see if you're interested we're interested in you um and in that time i was very like my ego was through the roof and i was like that's really nice of you but no i'm going to alabama (laughs) at an Auburn camp that's funny I didn't think about that but um yeah I was like I'm going to Alabama D1 all the way like I'm too good for you guys (laughs) and so I but then I looked it up and they were D1 and they were in Tennessee and because I knew I didn't want to play in Florida that was like a and their colors were blue I was like that's cute and then it's all about the colors, folks. And they were <laughs> Nike. Like, that's that's also cute. Um, I had a checklist. So they were checking. And then I was like, okay, but, like, what is the school? Is it, like, in a, the middle of nowhere, Tennessee? And then I took, like, a virtual tour on campus, like, a virtual tour on their website. And I was like, this place is nice. <laughs> <laughs> and so then I started communicating with them. and um, And then here I am. Yeah, yeah, I decided to commit to them, so.
0: Well, how was that experience playing, so you went to school as a college student, but not just a college student, you're also a student-athlete, so how was that navigating sports, how really it's like a full-time job, um, while also, you know, still maintaining classes and work and all that stuff?
1: Yeah, so I didn't work in college at all, Um, so I was just a student-athlete. The way that MTSU sets it up is, like, very convenient. Like, you have um, your own athletic, what are those people called? Advisors. Um, And so they really, like, they take care of your schedule for you, your class schedule, and, like, make sure that it's lined up with practices and that nothing overlaps. And sometimes it does if you have certain majors and stuff. But uh, for the most part, they, like, really just take care of you well and then as far as just like a full-time job it created a lot of structure that I liked mm. and the way that they do it I really liked is you get it all done in the morning so we would have practice from 7 a.m. or like 6 30 or whatever it was um to 9 and then have weights from 9 to 10 10 30 and then I would have like a ni- a ten forty class. So then I would go straight from weights to ten- my ten forty class, and then I'd have like a ten forty class, a two or like a a one thirty class, and then I'd be done for the day. Mm. So that was really nice. Um, and you had time to like me, take four-hour
0: naps in the afternoon. Um, we were just talking about how much Taylor <laughs> loved to nap. Not that you were napping all the time, but when you did nap, it was an extended amount of time.
1: Yeah, it was no alarm, just straight go into the cave, come out of the cave when it's dark out.
0: Yeah. So
1: that was great. Um, and then in preseason, like pre- that was elevated because it was like in preseason – is just like four weeks of two a days, <laughs> which is just tragic. But you would have like practice from seven to nine, and then you would have, or you'd have breakfast from like six to seven, and you had practice from seven to nine. Every, all our meals were mandatory to go to together in one hall. Jb the you know cafeteria, and um, six to seven breakfast, seven to nine practice. No, it was like 7 to like 11.30. No. We went, to pra- we went to lunch right after practice. So it had to have been 6 to 7 breakfast, 8 to 10.30 practice, ice baths after practice. Mm. That's what it was.
0: Did you like the ice baths?
1: Um, yeah, it was in the heat of the summer always. Mm. So the ice baths were really nice. And then mandatory lunch. Then, this was the kicker. You had, like, a two-hour period from lunch to to session two. That's when I would take my efficient naps. Mm. Stay in the uniform. <laughs> towel on the floor. Nap. Snooze. <laughs> Just knock out. Lights and out. it would be, if we could record those days, because we lived with four people, if we could record those days. It was like a living room <laughs> sleeping party. Sleep party over party, like every, and just sweat. Because you didn't, you couldn't shower.
0: There wasn't enough time to,
1: like. It was just very strategic. Yeah. And it had to, it had to, you had to make it count.
0: It sounds like you took advantage of it really well. You capitalized. I think
1: think that's where I
0: really grew as a napper. (laughs) Impressive. (laughs) Thank you. Well, what are some things um, throughout college, specifically being a student athlete, What are some things you learned, maybe some things that you grew in or or that were challenging, um, just any of that? So in college, my
1: playing time as a college athlete was very like, it wasn't consistent. So my freshman year, I played a little bit, but I was a freshman, so I understood my role. I understood that I had to be a freshman for a little bit. And then sophomore year, I played every single game, scored a few goals, like did really well. Um, And then junior year, I did not play at all for no apparent reason. Never really got an answer on that. And then senior year, I didn't play really that much either. So as far as like things I learned, I think junior and senior year were like the times where I learned the most about just myself and how I looked at soccer and associated it with my identity Um, I think I grew a lot in just, like, that was also the time that I came to Christ and, you know, did all those things, those great things, which, thankful that it went hand-to-hand, didn't have to learn both those things separately, Um, but really developed a great relationship, like, even though I didn't play at all, and that, to other, like, athletes, that probably just sounds devastating to someone who, like, spent their whole life playing soccer and working towards those four years or whatever, Um, my junior and senior year were my favorite years, Mm. just based off of my junior year. I came to Christ and like that was, I learned so much just doing that and being around people that love the Lord, you know, outside of the soccer team. But as far as just the relationships that I built on the soccer team from not only people that we were all on the bench together, not playing, you know, um, supporting each other, but also got really close with the two assistant coaches. Mm. And just because I was close with them doesn't mean that I, you know, got to play more because I didn't, but being able to go to their office and sit in there and joke with them. And with one of them, I gave him a sticky note every single day, favorite memory. And that was like the highlight of my day each day was to go spend time with them, but also just like my mindset completely shifted of, like, okay, I'm not playing physical soccer. How can I um, support my teammates? And also, like, for the uh, the other people that weren't playing, how can I show them that, like, this this doesn't have to be bad or just, you know, the attitude that you have doesn't need to reflect your circumstance or whatever.
0: Yeah, I think that's so interesting and really beautiful – because you know your first two years mainly your sophomore year but you know you're taking a lot of pride in the fact that you're getting to play a lot and it, it was great I mean you played every game you made like statistically you're feeling awesome and feeling good but how the last two years when you played like the least and and could have just been let that just rock your world and And you didn't. It ended up being, like, the sweetest. And a lot of that had to do with relationships and people and how ultimately you believed and came to understand that people are more important than this game. Even though soccer is awesome and and is great and is a good, beautiful gift and you're talented enough to be able to play in college, that's awesome. But it's not everything. Mm -hmm. Like, what you remember more is probably less about the games that you played, the goals that you made, more about the relationships that you made. And I think Mm -hmm. that speaks volume to what God's done in your life and also just who you are as a person um, and the growth that you experienced throughout college. So that's really awesome.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I love that. So you mentioned that your junior year you came to know Christ. Um, Can you kind of walk us through maybe – what happened that year or kind of like your college experience growing as a person, growing in your faith? Um, can you share just maybe some difficult things you had to go through, but it turned into a beautiful choice and decision that you made and, and that you're continuing to make today?
1: Yeah. So my senior year of high school, I got baptized like the month before I came to college because I think my mindset was, I'm going to college. I need to get baptized at my church, at my home church or whatever. Um, but I didn't really know the Lord like I did all the right things, but I didn't really know the Lord. So, when I got to college, none of the actions that I chose to partake in reflected that decision in like, you know, the month before. You know, spent a lot of time just trying to like prove that I'm good enough to be at this party or be in this friend group that was really, you know, not great, or just fit in to the, like, the stereotypical college scene of, like, partying and drinking and doing all of those things that no one really, I don't know, thinks otherwise. That's what you're supposed to do in college. And so my sophomore year, I got into a relationship that I thought was an answered prayer, just, you know, I want to be in a relationship. Give me a really great guy. Um, and at, f- at first it was like, I was like, yeah, this is it. This is for sure the answer prayer or whatever. And dated him for about a year and a half. Um, that ended really, really poorly um, and really just abruptly and really crushed me for oh, lo- not a long time. Just like in the moment, it was very abrupt, very like was not like, had other plans for this type of thing, Um, and so that was in January of 2019, and I remember sitting in my room reflecting where it all went wrong. I mean, I can laugh about it now, but in the moment, I was like, my life is over. Um, Found a lot of identity in him. Um, I guess the theme of college was just shifting identities. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I was just kind of in my room, really just absolutely lost and crushed, and the best, I mean, the best way to describe it is I just dropped to my knees, and the Lord, like, met me, like, for sure, just, like, physically wrapped His arms around me, and wasn't really expecting it to be, like, so dramatic, (laughs) because, like, I had already, in my head, I was like, I already know the Lord, but that was, like, a complete, never felt this before, so sweet, and then... Not everybody's story is that abrupt. Sometimes, like, a lot of people, and, I mean, my whole college experience, like, I had friends inviting me to Bible studies, pouring into me, trying to get me to go to FCA, went to FCA for a little bit, went to Bible study for a little bit, but wasn't committed to those things. Um, And so that, when that happened, something shifted where I just wanted to go to everything. I'm really thankful that that did happen because all of the community and people and you that I met on that Arkansas trip
0: oh shout out to little rock arkansas yeah the natural state um that trip was amazing it was we met on not long a couple months after that january 2019 we met going on a trip to arkansas and who would have thunk who would have thought it
1: (laughs) but that is when it really like i was like there's people that are like that really care about me, but also not, like, for what I could do or, like, didn't even know me, but all of y'all, like, really just, like, treated me like you knew me for years, and I was just, like, a part of the group, and that was really where it shifted a lot as far as friend groups and, you know, those kinds of things, and then I did City Project, which not many people know what City Project <laughs> is. If you're listening it from wherever you are in the world... <laughs> Um, city project is an internship at our church called city church and was able to just be poured into, like, it was really sweet of how early on I was able to be just poured in by so many different people and learn so much in such a short period of time. I'm really thankful for that. That's awesome. What would
0: you tell a college student who, you know, whether they were directly in your shoes, kind of thought that they were really walking with the Lord and was, were following Jesus, or maybe not at all, what do you have any thoughts or advice that you'd give them from your experience being in college and kind of living the lifestyle of, I just need to fit in and have fun and go with what everybody else is doing? What would you say to someone like that? As far, for someone who's like thinking
1: that they know the Lord and they are struggling, you know, what that actually means and what they, you know, if their life reflects what they say they believe type of thing. I feel like that's where I was a lot of just denial of, I read my Bible once a month. You can't tell me that I'm not a Christian type of thing. So I was really, I denied a lot of things. Um, I would just say, like, look at who your friends are and who the people around you, you know, their influence on you. I feel like I... I would actually just say, like, the first however many years of my quotations, Walk with Christ, I did it alone, and I would read my Bible once a month. I would not, like, you know, okay, this day of the month, I'm reading my Bible, but it could have been, like, once every three months, you know, it was very not consistent and very sporadic, and I went to church when I wanted to. I didn't really have commitments to anything kind of thing, not even, I mean, especially the Lord, I... Those types of things, um, and so having people that are on the same journey as you, that care for you, um, that want to hold you accountable, want to grow with you, and also teach you things and learn things from you, um, I think that's where everything really shifted. Of okay, I'm doing this alone. I have no nobody that's like watching me, so I can do whatever I want to. In the sweetest way, people watching me and not in a legalistic, like, what are you doing kind of way, but like, like wanting me to confess sin that I can't really see or, um, I know that's there and I don't want to bring it up into the light. Um, just having people that care so much about me that they want to see me succeed and not fail.
0: I think that's really good what you were saying, especially because, We live in a culture right now that pushes for people to be comfortable and to quote unquote live your truth and don't tell me what to do. I'm living my life. I'm going to live my truth. You do you. I'm going to do me. And I think what you were saying about how it wasn't a negative thing that people were asking you hard questions and wanting you to bring up things that maybe you were struggling with. It wasn't so that they could condemn you or to even judge you, but that happens and that's not okay. Um, but when it's coming from a place of love, really those people are just wanting you to be a better version of yourself, which ultimately is be more like Christ. And that's freeing. That's not more bondage. That's, that's freedom. And I think that is something that whether you're a college student or an adult or a middle schooler or whatever, you're 70 years old, like that is, it's important to be reminded of that. Next week, we'll pick up where Taylor and I left off and hear her discuss her love for working out and how that evolved to her joining a CrossFit gym. Taylor shares the knowledge that she has gained and her hopes for her future with CrossFit. Make sure to listen all the way to the end of this episode, where Taylor gives her piece of advice. Once again, thank you for listening to Abbyots with Abby Potts.